Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Push him down. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that. On Talk Sport. You're listening to the Fight Night podcast with me, Gareth A. Davis. Joining me this week in the studio, Spencer. Oliver. Well, let's get into it. First of all, I caught up with Eddie Hearn. All the news, Connor Ben, Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia. But first, Hearn versus Warren, Queensbury versus Matchroom. Here's what's going down at the moment with Eddie, plus all his views on the heavyweight division at the moment and Tyson Fury. We choose two weight classes. Frank chooses two weight classes. And His Excellency chooses the final weight class. That will be decided in the next couple of weeks. And then from there, um, we'll announce officially the, um, the actual fighters at the Joshua Ngannou Fight Week press conference. So then you go away once you know the weight classes and you pick your number one seed effectively. And uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a fascinating format, desperate to win. And uh, looking forward to duking off with Mr. Warren in Saudi Arabia on a massive night, of course, with Bivol Betabir, which, you know, arguably the, the best fight that can be made in the sport right now. Would it be, we've got him on the show tonight, um, what would it be like if, say, you've chosen a heavyweight, Johnny Fisher, and he's chosen Moses Atalma? Um, is that the kind of thing that's going to happen? Yeah, I think you're going to pick your best fighter from the weight class. So, you know, those guys particularly are obviously two fighters that are starting their journey in their professional career. I think, you know, inevitably they're they're the kind of fighters that are on a collision course to face each other because they're two very good young heavyweights. So I think the, the, the aim is, you know, the higher profile fights right now for those cards. So, you know, as many world championship fights as we, we can put together as well, but our real elite guys from the stable in terms of the guys who are in the primes of their career is, is the idea. Do you think we're going to just, just instinctively now, and I'll move on. Do you think we're going to get Anthony Yard against Callum Smith? I mean, that is definitely, you know, if the light heavyweight division gets selected, obviously our top two picks from there, from the UK, are Callum Smith and Craig Richards. Craig actually fights tonight after being out of the yeah. ring for, 16 months so um you know pending if Callum was ready you know pending if he wanted to to be in that kind of fight I know Craig would so but again you know Yard's got to want to be in there he also fights tonight actually interestingly I actually love 
the Anthony Yard Craig Richards fight as well. It, it might not have the same profile yet as Yard against uh, Callum Smith, but it's a great fight. And you know, as I said, if if the light heavyweight division is selected, you know Frank's best light heavyweight, of course, is Anthony Yard. And and you know we've got Callum Smith, Craig Richards, Khalil Co from the US. We've we've also got Dimitri Bivol, but he's busy that night. Um, so yeah, there's definite potential for that fight. Um. It's not often I ask you to comment on Tyson Fury, but I haven't caught up with you since um, the, the gash to his eye um, eight days ago, ago now. And obviously it was dealt with very, very quickly um, in terms of 24 hours later. We had a new date, May the 18th, for Fury versus Usyk for the undisputed title. I mean, what did you make of the ridiculous nature of all the conspiracy theories flying around for 24 hours yeah, I think that Fury's always been controversial with some of the things that he said that haven't materialised. And, you know, he's a showman as well. So I think not everyone believes every word he says. But in this instance, you have to, of course. I mean, you know, <laughs> to suggest that he's going to cut his eye open to avoid a, you know, uh, you know, ten multiple 10x million pound payday to fight for the undisputed champion when he's already done seven or eight weeks in camp is quite ridiculous. And, you know, it, it's for sure a genuine cut. Um, it's, a, it's a shame for everybody. You know, I, I did say to His Excellency the other day, funnily enough, these things happen. It's actually made the fight bigger. Yeah. You know, those, Feb, those February fights come around very quickly. And, you know, before we knew it, there was like three weeks to go, two weeks to go, and probably hadn't had the build-up that it deserved because, you know, you're coming off the back of Christmas and you're coming off the back of Day of Reckoning and, now, you know, they can really get their teeth into the promotion. Promotion has got a little bit spiteful yep. as well between the two camps. So all in all, you know, very depressing at the time, but I think it'll work for the best and it's going to be a huge fight May the 18th. Tell me about Anthony Joshua. That's just a month away now against France and Ghana. Jeopardy there for Anthony Joshua. Lots of debate, massive opportunity for him to set a yardstick there against uh, the Cameroonian who who looked amazing against Tyson Fury um, back in October. Um, have you spoken to Anthony? Has he gone out yet? Is he going to do a long period in Saudi Arabia? Can you update us on Anthony? Yeah, I mean he's uh, he's feeling tremendous. Really, he's uh, coming off the back of a fantastic performance against Otto Wallin. You know, it's quite funny the the shift in perception or you know opinion of where he's at I was over watching my daughter play football and I must have had four people come up to me going he's looking unbelievable now Joshua he'll beat everyone you know and a couple of fights ago it was always oh, just not the same fighter anymore so he's still got I guess you know some something to prove to people not that he needs to but I think after the while in performance anyone that knows boxing knows that he's in the groove you know, knows that his confidence is back, knows that he's punching harder than ever. And you hope now he brings that momentum back to camp with Ben and back into this fight. This fight is very different. Like you said, I think his best word is jeopardy. You know, Francis Ngannou is a, is a mountain of a man. He's incredibly strong. He hits very hard. But I still stand by, he shouldn't be able to live with the elite professional boxers. But, you know, maybe he can prove us wrong again. Um it's a fight that carries little reward for AJ until we were told of his excellency's plans to put the winner in with the winner of Fury Usyk. So for us, we felt that this win not only made a statement, but it also gave us a clearer path 
two undisputed. You know, whether that's fighting Hergovic after that now because of the delay or whether, you know, His Excellency wants to just make the biggest fight in the history of the sport and the biggest fight they can raid in boxing. And you know him. he'll I believe he'll want to do that. So I think a, a solid win against Nganu would put AJ in a fantastic position. Eddie, um, there was also a suggestion, and I don't know if the timings work out. Let's say Anthony makes easy work of Francis Ngannou. Say there's an injury. He seemed to suggest that if there is an injury with this forfeiture of £8 million, $10 million, to either Tyson Fury or Alexander Usyk, that he seemed to be suggesting last week on the Ariel Helwani show when, when all four of them got together in that dual cast that Anthony Joshua may be bumped up to fight in May as well. Am I thinking right there? Well, well, we'll be ready. I mean, you know, if the the amazing thing with Anthony Gareth is that he is will be boxing four times in eleven months, mm. which he's been brilliant for him, and it's so refreshing for his career after so many periods of inactivity through COVID and just through big stadium fights and mandatory obligations and people messing around. So, you know, if he comes through, he, he will need a rest at some point. But if he comes through and Garnu well. And that opportunity presented itself, I would think he'd be ready, you know, wow. to, to fight uh, Tyson Fury or Usyk. Now, brevity's our friend here, Spencer Oliver. We've got two minutes before we go to break, and then we've got Johnny Fisher and his father, John Fisher, in with us. Eddie Hearn on Anthony Joshua there. Predict Joshua's year then. Yeah, listen, I think that you know, Joshua is going from strength to strength, isn't he? He's had, a, he's had a very constructive year last year. I think he's building on that. He's coming through that year with a lot of confidence off that Mullin win. And like I say, I think he goes into with Ngannou. I think that now he knows what he's going in against with Ngannou. He knows what he's up against with Ngannou. The fear factor is there where Fury never had that. I think he puts in a great performance. I think he does a much better job on Ngannou than Fury does. And that will then, he'll build on that and he's going to go and like I said to you Gareth and I stand by what I say here I think we get Fury Usyk and I think Joshua goes in with the winner of that and I predict that is obviously going to be Tyson Fury that's where I see it well Eddie Hearn spoke to me about Johnny Fisher the big man fresh off his victory over Dimitri Bezos in Las Vegas on his Vegas debut joined us in the studio for two sections in the second section Big John Fisher, looking lighter, leaner, and meaner, and very, very generous, of course, with all his time, joined his son to discuss the familial relationships. Here we go. Johnny Fisher, then Big John. Oh, I wish that there were more. This is a big attack from Fisher. It's accurate, and it's powerful, and the referee steps in with just a few seconds to go in the opening round. The winner by TKO, he's still undefeated. The Rockford Bull, Johnny Fisher. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas with your neon and your one arm band discretion almost holds down the drain. Well, Viva Las Vegas, indeed. The Boschmeister himself, Johnny Romford Bull Fisher. Johnny, welcome to the studio with myself and Spencer. 
Brilliant to be in here again, Gareth Spence. Thanks for having me back. How are you, my man? Good, mate. Good. A little bit jet lagged. <laughs> been eating a bit too much rubbish food. Been a heavy day today, but if, it's been if, good. If you drank, I thought you'd have been on the beer today, but you're not. You're just no. tired. You've been to Twickenham as well with Big John, yes. who's going to join us in about 10 or 15 minutes for a segment in the studio. Um, talk to us about the Vegas experience, first of all, how it felt. Name up in lights, Plaza Hotel, the old town. Talk us through five weeks that you had there. It was an amazing five weeks, a hard five weeks, gruelling five weeks, not not a uh, pleasure, all business. Um, I know it's in Vegas, but it doesn't matter where you are when you're training in training camp. You've got to be focused, and the Plaza Hotel looked after me fantastically. But, my, my Lord, it's nice to be home, back with my home comforts in England. We're going to talk to you about you in a minute but I caught up with matching promoter Eddie Hearn earlier today and he had this to say about you Johnny Johnny has established himself now I said in the interview after the fight we all know how popular he is we, we all know how many tickets he sells but it, I think he's actually really establishing himself as, as like I said an international heavyweight prospect you know he's a very very good fighter he's, he's improving a lot he's very intelligent He's fit, he's strong, you know, he can take a shot, he punches hard. And extremely hands. marketable. And extremely yes, and very exciting. Very yeah, exciting. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, one of the things that I want to, you know, move to with Johnny is activity because sometimes he's had a few hand injuries and I want him to just learn a little bit because it's not going to be long before he's in the deep end. And you know, hopefully we can get him out in April and then see him headline in the summer. And, you know, like a British title eliminator, I think that's coming. And, and you know, you know when Johnny Fisher's in a British title eliminator or a British heavyweight title, he's selling out the Copper Box. He's selling out Wembley, maybe even the O2. And you know, those fights with a with a David Adelaide and and stuff like that, they're not too far away, and they're really intriguing domestic heavyweight fights. And you know, I back Johnny Fisher in those fights. I think he's getting better and better, and I think he's going to be a, a real threat, certainly domestically. And, and and hopefully even beyond that. Just a reminder that we're live on the TalkSport YouTube channel. You can watch this, of course, Johnny Fisher in the studio with us. Your response to Eddie's comments there, and you mentioned the Albert Hall to me, so where's he going with all that? Well, I just think he's uh, he's right. I've, what I'm reading to that is, yep, yeah, I'm getting to that to that level. Yeah, I'm coming there, but there's still... 400 fans to Vegas, brilliant. It's great, it's brilliant, but there's still learning to be done, but that doesn't mean... We're going in the right direction. Everything's moving and everything's coming to a to a head, and uh, it's exciting. Yeah, do you know what, Johnny? You're in control, really, of your yeah. of your destiny as well, aren't you? Because like you're a realist, and that is the most important thing. Because it's Definitely. easy for fighters to run away with themselves and want to go into these big fights, and you know there's always egos involved yeah. in boxing. It's like, yeah, I'm ready for him. Give me David Adelaide. Give me these other young prospects. You know, and so are coming through. I give me those guys. But you go. No, hold a minute. Let me get them when I'm ready, on my terms. Let me develop. And you go yeah. there, you've got that international experience. Now, going to Vegas, doesn't matter what the magnitude of the show was, what size no. of the show it was. No. It's about the experience. The experience, the experience of being in Vegas. And that's training, where you're learning. Training out there for five, six weeks. It's about experience in general. And as you said, Eddie said, experience is, is going to be key for me. Someone mm. who didn't have a long, long amateur career, that's what it's about. And your good mate, Jess Harding, always says to me, Johnny, you won't get good till you've had 15, 20 fights. And mm. I can feel that. I can feel the difference between zero to five fights and five to 10 fights. So what am I going to be like John, when I'm in 15 and 20 fights? Johnny, know? just sorry, Gareth, just quite quickly, like um, uh, Ricky Hatton, one of yeah. the greatest fighters this country's produced, 
right? Didn't box for a British title until his 25th fight. Yeah. Exactly. Why did they do that? Because they took their time for him. They recognised the talent and they just let him learn. And he was a good amateur pedigree, yeah. Ricky, as well. Yeah. But they let him develop and then he got that fight against John Faxton where he picked up that bad cut yeah. and his career just moved on Definitely. from there and he, and he went on. There was a thing called the WBU world title at oh, that really? time that he, he had about that he def 18 defences of it or yeah, something. Yeah, 18 you know? defences, yeah. But, but that, that doesn't exist anymore. Just it was think... like a Norfolk title, basically, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think in general, in, in the, the way the modern world's gone, not just in boxing but in sport and entertainment in general, everyone wants everything instantly. And I don't think, as a professional boxer, a professional heavyweight boxer, you can get everything instantly. Things have to be learned on the job, and you have to learn, like you that. have to come through things. And Harry Armstrong fight, that was a brilliant fight for me. Mm. The, this one was good for me, because I went to Vegas and experienced. You pick up incremental little things every every step of the way, and when I'm ready, it will be apparent, and it will be time right. to go. First round knockout, of course, of Dimitri Bezos, who'd been stopped by David Adelaide in two rounds, I think, nine, eleven months earlier. Um, you are going to have some issues because you're going to have to choose soon. You might be drawn to Saudi Arabia to fight on that card. You may not be. But you may be wanting to headline Royal Albert Hall. That's something that you've mentioned to me. That's an mm. ambition. This man, I've got to say this because I've loved yeah. him for a very long time. Yes. 30 years almost I've known this guy now. The Albert Hall is the last place he fought. Yes. Do you know that? We just in spoke 1988. About it. We just yeah. spoke about it. And we spoke about room. it before that, but we just literally I, had a conversation. We, 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 were we were talking about Spence fought there in 1998. Um, I think Julius Francis and Danny Williams, I covered that fight in 99. Yeah. We wait, I think we had to wait years. Lyndon Arthur fought there in 2021. Mark Tibbs fought, fought there. Just Harding fought there. You know, I, I know you've forgotten months. some of that night because of what terrible things happened to you. But what a venue that is Mate, to fight honestly, in! Honestly, like, for, for me, it was the dream. Like that was that was always a dream for me to top the bill at the Royal Albert Hall. You know, yeah, you made it's it. Amazing. Do you yeah. know what my dream was to be on the front page of the Boxing News yeah. and to top the bill at the Royal Albert Hall. And I achieved both of those on that night. And the it's only iconic. sad thing about it is, I remember travelling to the Royal, mm, Royal Albert Hall, waking up two weeks two weeks later in a hospital bed, thinking, "What's going on I here?" Know. Mad That's thing crazy. about the Albert Hall as well, John. After I had this accident and this mm. injury, and I sort of made that recovery, and it took me, you know, the best part of a year to yeah. recover properly. After three months, part of the rehabilitation with Jess, was, with Jess, was yeah, to go back Jess. to the Royal Albert Hall to re-kick the memory, yeah, yeah, see yeah. where you know, see, see if I could happens, resurface. So. Could Wait it. for this though. This yeah. is Wait great. for this. This is great. Go on. So I go back, go up on, you know, I'm up on the balcony. I'm looking down where they have the ring in the centre there. I'm looking down. I'm going, nothing, Jess. Nothing. I can't get anything. He's like, Spence, let's get to the dressing room. Let's go in the dressing room. You look where he was warming up. Let's have a little look in there. Go in the dressing room. Look like you couldn't swing a cat in this dressing room. I'm looking around. <laughs> I'm going, nothing, Jess. Nothing's coming. Yeah, nothing's hitting me. I open the locker. My suit's still in there for Donna three Karen. months. Donna Karen. I bought it in New York when me and Jess went out to New York. Remember oh, the jacket. Why would you yeah. leave that in there? Obviously. I was meant to be the most amazing thing is no one was in that dressing room for three months yeah. it's incredible yeah. I, think, I didn't leave there oh, no, <laughs> I didn't no, leave no. there too well mate. I'm jet lag, can't I? and in May on May the 2nd I think it is yeah. uh, May the 2nd this year, 26 years later, yeah. we celebrate this man's life. Mm, yes. Let's not forget how inherently dangerous this sport is. is. And you are a survivor and a Absolutely. beautiful human being, my friend. And, you're, and, you, yeah. Yeah. and, and it's the truth. It um, where are you going 
next? What do you do? Do you have a rest now? I, actually, you told me you're heading off to Portugal, I think. I'm going to Portugal sun. to Lisbon with my brothers coming with me. A couple Lovely. of my mates are coming for a few days. But listen, Bosch I'm Army, any of the Bosch Army? Few of the Bosch Army, more of the social media side yeah. of the Bosch Army, the, yeah. the guys behind the scenes sort of thing. Any good Chinese is over there? I hope so. I have to do some exploring. <laughs> do you know what I like about you? You cannot not have your feet on the ground because you've got the big man who anchors you. Big John Fisher, Physically yeah. and... Uh, no, mentally, in a, in a, psychologically, yes. emotionally, we're going to get in him in. Sense, in a, we're we're going to get him in in a minute because I want both of you in here yeah. for a long section. Um, session, section, whatever it is. Whatever. Um, w when you said just now that your feet are on the ground, that man, and I know him pretty well now, yes. is one of the reasons why you'll never get beyond who, who you are no. and where you are. And why would I want to do that? I've just... Everything in my life, everyone around my life. We were talking about this today, actually, when we was at the, uh, going on the way to the match from Fight Day 5K. The people that you are around are so influential and so important. And the way I've been brought up, and not only that, my family and friends, everyone's from a hard-working background. We're not poor, we're not rich, but we're just normal people. Calm down. Calm down. You're listening to Fight Night on Tour so You cannot calm down, Spencer Oliver, when there is a tune like this on. Welcome to the studio for Fight Night on TalkSport. We are in the studio with Spencer the Omen Oliver, my colleague tonight, but also Johnny Fisher, the Romford Bull, the young British heavyweight. He's just had his 10th victory, I believe, in Las Vegas. 11. Thank you, Johnny. And big John Fisher, <laughs> the actual, the big the, John. The John. The John Fisher joins us as well now. Johnny's been telling us about Vegas. Big John, and you are big John. Congratulations on losing five and a half stone. You look magnificent, as always. How important is it that you and 400 of your Bosch army were in Vegas with John for the journey? Well, first of all, Gareth Spencer, thanks for having me on. I didn't realise I was going to come on, so uh, much obliged. Um, it was great over in Las Vegas. Very humbled by the support that Johnny received all the way across the world. But also at home, people that supported at home. We know there was a lot of people having parties and watching on the zone and... It's just great. It's, it's truly, as a parent, it's truly humbling. You can anchor him. He's worked for you in the past, delivering meats, delivering the cheeses. We've both been to your house for the Chinese, of course, Spencer and I. We know what you are intrinsically. You anchor him in many ways, don't you? I, if that's the right word. Myself and my wife, yeah, we do. We anchor all of our family. But I'm being honest, and I, I don't normally talk like this. He's a good son. You couldn't ask for a better son. Sometimes he anchors me. They tell you to calm down. Yeah. He's, a, no, he's, a, he's, a true, down he's a true gentleman, you know, <laughs> and, I, and I say that without any tongue-in-cheek. It's an honour to call him a son and a friend because he has got his head screwed on. He's had a few too many beers. I've had no beer. I'm, I'm off the beer. Beer, <laughs> I'm off the beer. <laughs> yeah. you know, come on, come on, let's keep it he's, going. That's he, good. Is a, he is a good young man and uh, he's a credit to himself and he's a credit to myself and my wife. Oh, he's absolutely a credit to you as his parents, Charlotte, your wife and yourself. Um, how emotional was it? seeing his name up in lights at the Plaza Hotel in the old town, yeah. the mob town, yeah. that you have now got a relationship with. We've got a good relationship with Oscar Goodman, mob attorney to Spilotro, who was like made Spilotro. in Casino. And uh, they, they think the world of him. They've looked after him and his team and myself and my wife, put his name up there in lights, put his picture. He's building relationships wherever he goes. And that's not me, that's not anybody else. That's Johnny, because when people meet him, they appreciate what he does, how he does it, and how he goes about his business. Listen, we're not saying he's going to be the best boxer that's ever lived, but he'll put his heart and soul into whatever he does, and people that get behind him know they're getting behind someone 
they can get behind. Guys, so it, guys, this is a question really to both of you, actually, because, Johnny, I know, you, you know you're doing a fantastic job in the boxing ring. John, you're doing an unbelievable job outside of the boxing ring. You've created, created a real social media presence, which involves both of you, involves yeah. the whole family, actually. We just said that, and it's yeah. great, great stuff. But what I was going to ask is, because I know, John, you're there for every single fight and you travel around. My old man was at mine, by the way, every amateur fight, every professional fight. Weirdly, apart yeah. from my last one, because he was in Vegas really? yeah. with the kids of Finchley ABC, because he used to train Finchley ABC. But what I was going to ask John, probably I'll fire this one to you, young John first, yeah. little John. Yeah. I can't, I can't believe I'm me, Spencer. Oliver, I'm little John. John, John, yeah, John. Exactly. I'm little John. <laughs> How can I call you little John? I am little John. It's yeah. a bit weird, isn't it? It's no, like a comedy sketch, no, that one, isn't it? No, no, it makes sense. But anyway, what I wanted to ask you was, how weird would it be for you? Because you've built this relationship now, how weird would it be for you if your dad can't make a fight one time? Will it? Will, will that affect you psychological psychologically? scaffolding? Once I'm in the ring, the, four, the, the squared circle, is, it's just me and the other man. So I don't have to think about that. But I know, I always look, I'll find where my dad's sitting. But there's superstition, superstition creeps in There is superstition. I've got superstitions. Well. I always wear the same pair of Exeter rugby socks every time I fight. I always put my hand, do my hands up a certain way. I, I do all that stuff, but... Mm. When it comes to being in the ring and you've been in there, yeah. all the outside stuff goes away. But it's mm. good having my dad around in the camp, it, uh, having him around there to lean bits of advice on. That's what I need him for. When, mm. I've, when I'm not sure, when I need a bit of advice, and I don't not know only what's that, right. You know, couple of days before, ideas off. a couple of days before a fight, we always have a big row. Yeah, me, my, me and my wife with Johnny, we always have a row about something, something little. Food, oh, really? food. And see, then see, it probably wants you to do one of that. Could be anything. We'll we'll have a row. I'm going to have a row. Could be tickets. But then the ne the next day, bang, he's ready. I suppose the question then goes over to you, John. How weird would it be for you if you weren't there for your son? Well, there's a chance I could have missed this one. It's an interesting question. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, People yeah. I know wonder what it's like because you're that you know you're that tight knit. I think I'm fascinated by it. He was due to box originally in Florida at the end of the month on the on the matchroom show in Florida. And I was due to be in Australia and New Zealand doing a tour. So it would have been tight because I'd have had to travel back from that and let people down in Australia and New Zealand. I don't like doing thinking that. Thinking about, look, looking at the question again, I think what's more important is the build-up to the actual fight. So like the weeks in advance, being able to talk and have advice. That's and the it did pop part. out, because, didn't you? Yeah, well, because, well, I popped out to help with camp. Yeah. Get off the plane, no Wi-Fi on the plane. I thought no one's put anything on about him sparring Michael Hunter. Right. I thought no one's put anything on his sparring Michael Hunter. I get off the coach and there's Jake Meskell. It's bad news, he's had a bad cut. As soon as I get there. Let's talk about the cut then. Yeah. Okay. Um because you put a video out and people thought you were trying to get on the back of oh. or piggyback Tyson Fury's situation. How bad was yours? Could it have ever stopped you fighting? And discuss the Tyson Fury cut when you saw that. Well, the Tyson Fury cut is a completely different scenario to mine. One, because that's for an undisputed heavyweight title. And <laughs> two, it's on the eye. The problem with my cut was not that if it come open in the fight, no problem. The problem is for three and a half weeks in the most pivotal, pivotal stage of the camp, I couldn't spar. And we all know you need to you need to spar as a boxer. You need to spar to get your sharpness, your range, your timing, and that was what was playing on my mind. Being cut was not a problem. I had to keep, the problem was keeping it from the board, not letting the commission see. If the commission see, I don't get to fight. I've got four hundred people travelling over. They've all paid thousands of pounds to be there. That's a different kind of pressure. And then you've got the pressure of thinking, am I sharp enough? Am I doing this? All these doubts are going in your mind. Everyone gets them as a boxer, but you have to you have to deal with it. Spencer and I talked about the cut to Tyson Fury earlier. What's your instinct on May the 18th that, that he's got this time to get ready? Is it enough time? Yeah, it is enough time, I think. He's got to live. The most important thing is just making sure that cut heals. 
I think he'll be fit enough. It's just you don't want to go back and start sparring again too soon, and the cut's not right. Well, that's the thing, John. That I was mentioning like the, the ten weeks that he's got really in, up until that fight, and you go, it's got to heal, yeah. and it's got to heal. That's a month. Still, it? That's it can, take, it that's can a take a month at least. Yeah. 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 So yeah. then, yeah. so you you was talking about there the preparation. It's not like the, the fact that you have to have that sparring because you've got to get your timing, your distance, yeah. your, your speed, and everything up because yeah. you can only get a certain fitness in training. You need that fight fitness, and fight. sparring does yeah. that. And that's the most. That was the question I was asking: Is it enough time? a fight of that magnitude I think so because I think when I've looked at camps like I've done I know it's not the level whatever but I think six weeks of rigorous hard sparring and doing that I think that's enough but could he go into hard sparring after four weeks that's what that's what I mean Is he, what's, I'm just trying to work out the maths in my head now is four weeks resting because even now this has been three and a half four weeks yeah. and you can still be soft yeah. you know like you yeah. can still come open if mm. I started sparring again tomorrow um, let's it's hard Let's talk about another subject. Francis Ngannou. I'm going to throw this to Big John, first of all. Eddie Hearns famously said that Johnny Fisher could handle Francis Ngannou in a round. Discuss, sir. I think Johnny could handle Francis Ngannou, but not in a round. Give Francis Ngannou more respect than that. Uh, but Johnny certainly could fight him. Whether he beat him or not is another thing. But he'd put up a good show. Um, I, I, I respect Francis again. Yeah. They're going to make a film about his life, and I'll give him more than a round. I'm not sure. being disrespectful to him at all, but I'm. I, I think with heavyweights, why not? Why couldn't I knock him out in a round? Well, he could, could knock me. He could knock me out in a round. You could but possibly. That's knock the him nature out in a of round. it. Yeah. There you go. But but he could also on the other side. He's got a big chance of knocking me out because he can seriously whack. Okay, but you're not fighting on March the eighth. But I wanted no. to ask you about it, Anthony Joshua Francis and Garnu on March the eighth. I used the word jeopardy with Eddie earlier. He agrees with the word. Is there true jeopardy, gents, for him in that fight? Of course, of course. But I think the way that he shaped up against Wallin, I know Wallin wasn't the most formidable opponent, but if he picks him apart with true fundamental boxing skills, which Ngannou doesn't have, um, I think he'll, he can make quite easy work of it. And I think that will build that Fury fight quite nicely because they can say, hang on, we've dealt with him really easily. Let's make that Fury-Joshua fight. I think... I think AJ, if he's on form, deals with Nganu quite easily. But that's not taking anything away from Nganu, but he is a boxing novice. And a former world champion should dismantle a boxing novice. But we, we said that with Fury. We said, we said that, that with Fury. Fury, didn't we? Should have, would have, could have. Yeah. I, I don't think Fury was as fully prepared as he, as he could have been. I mean, Fury has got a tendency to do that, hasn't he? When yeah. the fights aren't... Yeah. When this man here put, his, put, put the... The nail into the coffin on what it was never got a sharpener, did he? No, he never got a sharpener, that, yeah. that, and that's the point, you know. And I think that with AJ going into this one, he now knows what he's going into. That fear factor is there because Johnny, data. You, you will understand there's data this. as well. You need that fear factor to bring the better. best out yeah. to perform. Yeah. And there's data on him. There's data on him. You feel so yeah. much better. What form he has, what shape form. he keeps. That my my southern area fight yeah. because I knew what was bigger. There's more at stake because it's for a title. Mm. More people watching. Race, but my level raised because yeah. there was a little bit more at stake. Absolutely. And yeah. I think with AJ now with that momentum off the Wallin boxing win as well and wanting to do better obviously than, than, yeah. than Fury done I think he goes in there and does a job I really do I because do, I right. think he, he'll be smart he'll be educated but you know he'll be educated pressure and he's been active and yeah. I think that that sets up a huge huge year with the heavyweights it does Little John yes. Big John thank you very much for coming in the studio you're off to Portugal tomorrow have a lovely time thank you very much sir Big John, where are you next? Um, I've got a few appearances out all over the country next week. York, Durham, Bristol. And then the end of the month, I'm going to Australia for four weeks. Well, we were replete with guests this week. Next up, joining Spencer and myself in the studio was Too Slick Chris. Chris Congo, of course, who has been slated to face Florian Marcu after their well-documented spat at a press conference. 
where Congo was pushed by Marku. They are fighting on the undercard of Fraser Clark and Fabio Wardley on Easter Sunday, March 31st. We are looking forward to that one. Here's Congo, cool as you like. to Fight Night on TalkSport with me, Gareth Davis, uh, Spencer, the Omen Oliver, in studio with me. Joining us now, Too Slick is here. Yes, Chris Congo, sir. how are yes, you, sir? sir? I'm good, thank you. You're looking very, you? I'm very good. We're looking very wrapped up tonight. Yes, of course, of course. It's quite cold out there, so don't want <laughs> to catch any colds. To be honest, I, had a, I felt like I had a cold coming up this week, but managed to recover from it. It's, ha- it's good that it happened now then. Later on down the line, you, you know? sound very resonant anyway in your voice. That's why I asked you, did you run in tonight? Because you look like you've been <laughs> jogging, black beanie on, no, big I'd, coat on. I had a great SNC um, strength and conditioning session just uh, today. I, I train six six days a week, so we've got to be on it. So, go, Spencer. Go. Yeah, no, I was, I was Chris. I was going to ask how excited are you to be, actually be getting back in the ring, Florian Marco. We'll get to it in a minute. Mm-hmm. We know the history of you both has been played. Well, we'll go of beef. over that. We'll go, we'll over, go that. over that. I'm going to yes, let the G man start off on that one. But I want to ask yeah. you though. You know, you had that loss to Echo Esselman mm-hmm. back in in Manchester Arena. Back Majority in January, decision. January mm-hmm. 2023. Yeah. You know, and, and you know how excited are you to be getting back in the ring? Very excited. You know. Um, I've been waiting and waiting for a while. Why so long? Just dates didn't um, align and fights didn't align. Certain fighters um, still didn't want to fight, but that's just how it is. And it is what it is. It's part of the game. But now it's good that we've got a massive fight, bigger than what I even thought I would get. Mm. And um, I'm I'm raring to go. Yeah, you're you're at that stage. 17th fight, I think it isn't it? We were talking about this earlier. At that stage, Johnny Fisher in the studio with us, that you start to get 17 and you start to talk of... It's titles time, but but mm-hmm. sometimes it's about prize fighting and grudges. Now, Florian Marker, we're going to hear from him as well tonight, but mm-hmm. um, there's a big grudge there. He pushed you hard yeah. at a press conference. Mm-hmm. You were kind of talking him out at the time. Mm-hmm. Talk us through that day and that incident. Yeah, so basically I hadn't seen him previously um, till then. And obviously it was about... It was about Boatsi and Aziz. I didn't want it to make it about us, but I always said to him, because he's been talking so much crap online, I've always said to him, when I see him, I'm going to approach him and we'll have a chat about it. And that's what I've done. That's what I've done. And as soon as I went to him, everyone started getting their cameras on, you know, started recording. And then, um, yeah, I said to him, yeah, let's, let's, let's make the fight happen. He's telling me that I should go and beat the guys that I've lost to before. So clearly... That's a that's a sign of he didn't want to take he didn't want to take the fight with me, yeah. So then after that he's telling me go away. I thought that was a bit disrespectful, and I said to him, listen, I'll go away when I want to go away. Now if he didn't say if he didn't say that, I would have probably just walked away, and let him do his thing, you know. But, and then he put hands on you, didn't yeah, he? Then he put his hands on me, but it's all good because I'm gonna get it back in blood, thirty first of March. The the omen has been stirring it up. He spoke to Florian Marku last night Mm -hmm. in Sheffield and here's what he had to say about you. It's a good fight. I think people like it. I didn't really 
really bothered me fighting him or not. They wanted this fight. I say, of course, why not? Let's fight. How I'm gonna win? I'm gonna break him. Slowly, slowly. And then she's gonna see what I'm about. He's gonna break you slowly, slowly, and then he'll see what you're all about. Now, mm -hmm. you're a lot taller and a lot longer than him for a start. How does it make yeah. you feel when you hear that? Well, Echo said the same thing. And let's, let's be honest. Echo is technically better than him. Technically better. Probably got a, a, a better engine than him. Very, 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 comes forward constantly, yeah. And Echo's tough. He's tough. I hit him with some shots and I saw his face kind of, you know, and um, he just kept coming. So if he couldn't break me, how is he going to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. He couldn't even break the light welterweight that he fought out in Albania. And that guy was a light, light welterweight coming up. He should have dealt with him, but he didn't. So how is he going to deal with a guy like me now with, with more experience than him, yeah, fought the better opponents? How's he going to deal with that? Do you know yeah. what? You you made an interesting comparison there, and it's only just hit me. I've never thought about this, mm -hmm. but you're right in many ways that Echo Esselman and Florian Marco are very similar in, in the way that they fight. Mm -hmm. And Esselman, yeah, he is the more experienced and, and, and probably he's definitely ranked a better fighter right now mm -hmm. than Florian because he's more proven. And you had that fight with Echo Esselman. I was mm -hmm. there, actually, Manchester mm -hmm. Arena. Mm -hmm. And that was a fight of the year contender, mm -hmm. like where... Both of you had to dig deep and show a lot of lot of soul and courage in there, Definitely. you know, and you showed a lot of character, mm -hmm. both of you in that one. And it was one of them fights that could have gone either way. It was mm -hmm. a close, close fight. Mm -hmm. You know, you've been waiting for your opportunity and you get this against Marco. But very interesting comparison because similar in stature there, as in styles and that. And Esselman was one of those guys that's got relentless sort of pressure. And Florian's mm -hmm. a guy that likes to come forward and throw punches in bunches and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And the question is... Is he going to be able to get near you? Is he going to be able to control the space? Because you're great at doing that. Mm -hmm. Experience-wise, you've sort of been there, seen it, done it, which sure. has got to give you the edge. 100% it's going to it's going to give me the edge. Obviously, like I said, our, our team, we're very technical and we, we like to break down fighters. You're still with Ben Davison. Still yeah. with Ben Davison, Lee Wiley, Barry yeah. Smith. Yeah. Um, all, I, I see all of them as one. So... Um, it's a good team out there. We've we've uh, got a uh, we've got a video breakdown of him, f of of his tendencies, what he does very well, and what he's you know what what he he, he can't control, and um, yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 been good to break break it down and see exactly what it's like. One of know? the things that I did say to Spencer actually off air when you came in today, I'd completely forgotten how tall and long you mm. are. You are you have got massive physical advantages in this fight for sure. For sure, mm. and right yeah. now I'm not even far off the weight. I'm like nine to ten pounds away. Yeah, um, training at that weight, probably going to walk in a bit heavier on, on fight night and it's going to be to my advantage for sure. And you know what, that teaming up with Ben Davison who's a proven trainer, a proven great trainer, you know, he's, he's getting the results. Great strategist. Yeah, he definitely. Mm -hmm. He's a proper student of the game mm -hmm. and he does definitely. break, he goes for a fight with a fine tooth comb and he must have been able to exploit a few holes and a few chinks in the armour with Florian because we've seen when he steps up, Ryland Charlton comes to mind, yeah. you know, where he makes little fundamental mistakes and it's mm -hmm. all about whether he can adjust. He comes from a different discipline with the MMA and kickboxing, etc, mm -hmm. etc. Et Sometimes they are a little bit straight backs and they come in in straight lines and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And it's all about adaptability for me in this one. For sure. 
who can who's got the adaptability because it's going to come down to that. He, you know what he's going to do because he's got to try and take your game away. You mm-hmm. know exactly what he's going to do. It's a fascinating fight. It, it really is. is. But it mm-hmm. comes down to yeah, strategy and who can who can work it out. You've got to start a favorite in this one. Well, and I'm not I'm, saying that because you're sitting in the studio, mm-hmm, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it because you look at it on paper. Me and Gareth were talking about this actually, yeah. and he did forget your size, and you were. I did. He was like, mm-hmm. I changed. Wow. My, I revised my view on the fight. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did. You Just can so keep he, him there if you want. You can keep him there on the end of it. You can keep sure, him there for sure. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, that's what he's expecting. But listen, if if, if something else comes off of it, let's see. You know. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is in this fight. Is being smart, and one thing we did notice from round one to to round ten in in the fight where he, where he did go to distance, he does the same things. You know, he does the same things. You look at his ring ring generalship, ring positioning. It's not the greatest. It's not the greatest. It's not going to be better than Echoes, who's come from a place like Team GB, where he's learned to cut off the ring very well. And Marku, he, walk, he walks back in straight lines. When he comes forward, you see him, he's, he's he's coming forward, throwing his shots, and he's ending up square. So there's loads of, loads of opportunities for me to do certain things in this fight. And yeah, man, I'm just going to have to show you guys. You're listening to Fight Nine Talks for me, Spencer Oliver, Chris Congo in the studio, uh, the British welterweight fighter. Hamza Shiraz has stopped Liam Williams. The towel came in from Gary Lockett in the first round. He was down twice. Fantastic victory. Uh, he retained the Commonwealth uh, middleweight title. He went straight over, did Hamza. Very powerful fighter to embrace Frank Warren. We're going to get, hopefully, Hamza and Frank around 11 o'clock in about 25 minutes' time. But first of all, now, thank you for keeping the track going. We love it. You can just leave it playing in the background the whole time. <laughs> Feels like I'm at home. <laughs> Feel like I'm at home. <laughs> well, Are we going it. out tonight or we've not, Oliver? We We're going it. out tonight. Let's do it, man. We need um, a little reunion. Look, um... Let's get straight to Chris. Um, we're going to talk about your life in this section, but you were mm-hmm. just saying that Hamza is 6'3", yep. very tall middleweight, very tall. Mm-hmm. Um, big advantages, similar mm-hmm. reach advantages to you yep. and Florian Marku. You've sparred with him as well. Yeah, yep. we've done some rounds together, very good rounds, very technical. We were both trying to outthink each other, you know, it's all about their brains and no one was trying to rush. Every, not, not that we was looking for the perfect punch, but we was, all, we was both trying to set each other up which was great, great work, and I loved it. Let's talk about you and your life. You've been in many times. You're a friend of the show. Yep. How did it all begin? Where are you from? How did you get into it? How did you get to where you are today? Well, I started off um, at Fisher ABC. My two brothers started before me, Elvis and Obed. You, well, El- Elvis was a pro, 6-0 and pro, with a power puncher. And Obed was a great, great international boxer. I boxed for Team GB for about seven years was on the team, now a coach, um, now a second coach with uh, Chevron Clark, so he's doing very well. And um, yeah, we, we, we started off at Fisher ABC in Bermondsey, not too far from here. And yeah, started off then, uh, built myself up, become number one in the UK a few times, won the, won the Golden Gloves, Junior ABAs. And then, uh, yeah, then boosted up to... Um, GB was on there for two for two years, and then moved on to turn pro. Man started off at welterweight, so yeah, 
Is that always the dream, Chris, to, to do that? You know, you started off at a, a, a club, a very recognisable club, a historic mm -hmm. yep. club in Fisher, you know, that's that right. has produced many, many champions. I remember when I was boxing as an amateur, actually, and mm -hmm. you got drawn against, like, you got you got to the London ABA finals or semi-finals, and mm -hmm. you always come up against your Fishers or your West Ham's yeah, or whatever, yeah, but yeah. you come up against them guys, you think, oh, man, I'm in for a fight. Even if you don't that's know right. the guy, yeah. I'm in for a fight because <laughs> everyone that fought there could fight. You of had to course. be out of fight to, out of Fisher, didn't you? 100 percent i mean every, everyone there could fight we we all bounced off each other it was just a great club but also not forgetting that from fisher i then moved to lynn ac which is in camwell then i got into team gb mm -hmm. so both clubs done amazing for my how can i explain it for, for your, for, for for your my development, development. Like mold, molding you yep, into the they, fight they that you molded, become. molded me very well obviously steve eiser god rest his soul and um, Sam Mullins, Sam Mullins, mm. Frank Shaw, Terry Pearson, who's currently there, and uh, Jim as well. So, yeah, it's a good A hundred years old it is as well. That's um, amazing, yeah. you know. Historic, mm -hmm. historic club that never produced any bad fighters. No. That, and that's not talking rubbish here. Mm. That Them clubs, Lin ABC as well, yeah. you knew when you got drawn against these guys in, in championships or if you got drawn against them in, in a club fight, if you think, I'm in for a hard fight because yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't Definitely. let... They don't let not good fighters out. That's what they do. St Pancras, Islington, mm -hmm. uh, all yeah. of the clubs, Repton, yeah, you know, yeah. yours, yeah. Finchley, yeah, Finchley yeah. all great clubs, mm -hmm. all great. Sure. T tell us about the warrior deep inside you, the, mm -hmm. the, 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 that, that figure, that energy, that, that, what that what thing made you that want carries to fight? you. Yeah, that thing that carries you, you know? You, you've got a bearing about you, yeah. you know? There must be a story of how you got into boxing what made you want to do that because there's a like there's a little bit of insanity in someone to want to go into the boxing yeah. boxing team in the first place i don't know when i was seven like what you know <laughs> what was yours yeah i started when i was eight but my two brothers i always looked up to them and uh wanted to be like them at the time oh, so you were advanced all the time yeah 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 so i, I watched them and i thought yeah i, I want to get into it you know and when i put the gloves on for the first time that was it it was over for me so addiction, uh, yeah. yeah, like it's it's mm. an it's it is a, it's the it's a big addiction. How big much addiction. do them gloves smell in them amateur clubs? And you you never <laughs> yeah. forget that smell, do you? you? Never forget. And you know what never. the mad thing is? That smell that is absolutely disgusting. By the way, it's that mm -hmm. wet like leather smell that yeah. hundreds of kids a week put these gloves on. Mm -hmm. But that's the smell that you sort of like when you walk into an amateur gym, you. You suck it up and you're like, yeah. I miss yeah, that smell. You, you don't, you There's don't, something about the smell, isn't you there? You don't yeah, know how it's, it's odd some, it is Something about it. And obviously, <laughs> like one time, even my sister come into the gym. She was like, oh, it stinks in here. Yeah, yeah. my sister And I was like, she don't, even, yeah. she don't even know that we yeah. just love it. it, all, it all yeah, so, so you you're go okay. around saying, you smell like Finchley. You smell like Fisher. <laughs> no, but they it's all just, smell the same. It's just that same smell. I didn't mention the peacock, by the way, which is another great Absolutely. Listen, there's... Sure. There's loads of them, you know. There are West, so West many. West Ham's, yeah, you know, great West historic Ham. clubs, mm -hmm. you know. There's mm -hmm. so many great but clubs. Tell us a story, though, because I think you've been in lots of time. Has there ever been a story where you think there was that, that moment, apart from, like, because you're brothers, mm -hmm. there's, are there moments where, where you felt enlivened because of what you do, where you felt special, whether you felt the DNA of your ancestors? Or, 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 where you go, or like, triggered, you go, yeah, I yeah. want to be, that's where I want to be a fight. That, Even in half-sleep or in yeah. that, those dreams that you mm -hmm. have, mm -hmm. you know? Well, from young, I always dreamed to become a massive, massive fighter, which obviously... Is 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 in is in motion and starting 
mm. on the 31st of March, that's when I'll really, you know, I'll really shine like a star. But going back to the question, I always wanted to, you know, be the pro that I am now. And there was a time, there was a period where I was studying at university, but I didn't know if I should take the boxing seriously, you know. And I always, if, during the times, I always had dreams and that, but I wasn't really taking boxing serious. So what were you studying? I, gave, I, I studied uh, sports science. So I gave myself an ultimatum to to go hard in both and whichever one elevates is that's it. I'm going to do that. And yeah, man, that year I, I, I got to the ABA finals. I, I got onto GB and that was my calling from then. That's so did you leave year. your degree unfinished then? Yeah, I, I left it unfinished. I left it unfinished. So will you ever finish it? Would I ever finish it? Because it's handy uh, sports uh, science, isn't it? Of Let's course. be honest. Only God knows, but <laughs> for now, like like I said on a, a, a previous podcast, on Undefeated podcast, I'm riding to the wheels fall off in this boxing mm. game. He's thrown all the eggs in one basket. You do, you have to do that as a boxer. Mm-hmm. You got to go 110. percent Like you go, like listen, it's it's that life or no life. I got to go back to doing like you know the universe. You can't you can't play around with it. You got to go all in. You got to follow your dreams and mm-hmm. believe in yourself. And that's mm-hmm. the road. That yeah, you can't you can't Definitely. play it, can you? You've you got to be you it. You got to live either. it. Uh, let's yeah. talk. Uh, we have only got a few more minutes, but and, and we thank you so much for coming. And it's always a pleasure to see you. As I say, you've got this bearing about you. I always feel enlivened when you've been in, um, and I'm always looking forward to your fight. Always looking forward to your fight. He's got what you got in this special fighter, right? You've got an aura around you. Yeah, you can't, got, you, a, no, you can't pinpoint what that aura is. Oh, I just feel it. I just I feel it. I see it in the eyes. I feel it. And mm. there's a connection always. I, I enjoy it so much. Conor Ben, mm. the other welterweights in the division, is could you start to look at? Saying, do you know what? I'm pursuing that guy. I'm pursuing that name. What do you think of Conor Ben and what's gone on with him in the welterweight division? Well, Conor Ben, uh, obviously, he's got his little situation at the moment. Um, he's not. He's not. I don't know if he's still allowed to fight in the UK. He's not. No, it's still under appeal. Well, obviously, I, I thought he was an innocent man. You know, mm-hmm. he was knocking out these guys, and then you got someone like Dobson. Obviously, I, I I ain't watched the fight, but I saw a few highlights of it on on um, online on YouTube, and it's like he's finding it hard to get someone like Dobson out. He should have wiped Dobson out. Just how he, he was tough and he was undefeated. So I will say that for him. But. but how can you go from wiping someone wiping two top top fighters with a lot of miles on the clock? I would miles, say that. I, I, of of course, but. Van Heerden Even, and, and Algeria are yeah, talking uh, about, yeah. Okay, someone durable, like Algeria. Algeria no is ve- very durable. But very they were durable. very late in their careers. Listen, I I, I hear mm. you. you. You give your argument. Mm. Yeah, they yeah. were very... They were, they, obviously, they, they were, you know, that they were, they were past their time. But still, you know, you, someone like Dobson, he, he hasn't boxed for two years. And that's a long time, long time out to then come in and go to distance with Conor Ben, but... Do you, you beat Conor Ben? A hundred percent, of course. I what do. would you do to him? Of course. Well, Conor Ben, he's he's the same. He's gonna. He always comes in aggressive, you know. But we we will. I know for a fact. I'll, I'll box him easy, easy. That's easy work for me, you know. Do you want to fight him? Hundred percent. That's due to happen soon, you know. Once he gets his situation sorted, you know, and uh, yeah, we'll make it happen. But obviously, the main focus right now is Florian. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When Chris Conger left us, we then were joined on the phone by Liam Cameron, winner of the Sheffield event on the boxing YouTube channel on TalkSport on Saturday night, the light heavyweight. What a story he had to tell. Spencer Oliver flagged this to me. We got him on the phone. What a story. Five years banned from the sports. An incredible, torrid time in his life. But Liam wanted to tell all about being back in the world of boxing. A bit shell shocked because I don't get this treatment, so thank you. Well, I, Spencer's been telling me about your story, and I want to get straight into it. I cannot believe what I heard about you earlier from Spencer. We're sitting in the green room getting ready for the show. I cannot believe that you were forced out of the game for five years. Please tell us about it and the journey you've been on, Liam. Oh, it's been ridiculous. So I tested positives for a substance, what worst case scenario could have been cocaine. But we're talking traces of it, it were like 25 nanograms. It, were, it weren't even like uh, what you could see from your eye. And um, give them every, uh, every possible answer I could do. Obviously, there's other cases where people have handled banknotes. I bite my nails, you can see like I've got like I'd, I'd bite my nails and it's gone into the system and I got four years I couldn't believe it and I paid for the drug test because it's random and I paid a thousand pound out of my um, 
purse to pay for this drug test and it, it bit me on backside. So you've yeah. you so you did a four year ban from the sports, yeah? Four year ban. Four year I did five in total because it just completely broke me. Um it put me to my knees and it, it, it were bad. Everything I've dreamed for as an eight-year-old kid, finally winning the belt and it got ripped away from me. Liam, tell us exactly what it did do to you, mate, because I know, and the reason I say that is because I want our listeners and the viewers that are watching this on our, on, on our YouTube channel, I want them to know exactly what you went through at that moment when you got that ban, you know, the, the struggles that you had with life in general and how it nearly broke you as a person and how you've come back from that. That's the journey we want to hear because, mate, it's such an inspirational one. Yeah, so, like, I got this i got that um then i started drinking and i ended up in a state where i were i were hearing when i shut my eyes at night i could hear like people crying in my head and like it weren't a pretty sight um it were obviously trauma all going through i put on six stone god i went i went mm. to hospital i had a drug overdose um i nearly died in hospital and this the sport i loved this what happened to me. Then I see fighters, what not going to mention names, take steroids, human growth hormone, and they get six months. And I've had to watch this on telly. I'm like, I'm drowning. I've been drowning my sorrows watching it. But on a positive note, I'm now four months sober, and I'm back boxing to what I love. So you lost five years effectively of your life. And um, tell us about the journey back after that time out. So yeah, um, I want to put pick pick up on when I did have the ban. Um, my stepdaughter, she she got killed in a car accident, God. and like that broke us. Uh, so I had to be strong for my family. And um, yeah, it's it, it's been a hell. Listen, if I can get back to my feet, I've had to crawl my way back, and if I can do it, listen. And people think they're down and they, there's no way out. You can get back to your feet. There's possibility. What kept your faith over that five-year period, Liam? Nothing kept me faith, uh, faith, to be fair, because how I got back, I ended up taking a drug overdose and um, in ambulance with sirens on. And I, I prayed to God. I said, listen, if I can get through this... I'll never drink again. Just please let me survive this. And this sh I were having seizures, everything. And they, they just said, look, you're in a bad way. My heart rate were like 150-something overnight. Um, they couldn't, They were giving me tablets to slow it down, and it wouldn't, wouldn't happen. And from that day, I just said, look, I'm going to end up dying here. And I completely changed my life around. You, you, you really did, mate, because... I saw the pictures of you at your worst, really. You know, when you bloomed up in weight and, like, you know, you talked about your life struggles and whatnot. And I know that you still, you know, plead your innocence in what happened and the way that it was done. And, yes, you was harshly dealt with, with whatever it was. And if you was going to get any punishment, I accept that. But, you know, the, the length of the man that you had, and I know that how, how much of a life struggle it was. And I saw you, like I say, at the worst. And just say, like... You know, at what point did you go, right, this is it. This is how I'm going to change it. I mean, last night, mate, you won against a very durable um, a very durable opponent, a guy at in, the, Harry the, the, in Harry Matthews, yep. who's been around a long, long time, survives the distance. You've done it in 
brilliant clinical finishing, you know, in that first round. I mean, real showstopper and a show stealer in many ways. And I thought that's Liam Cameron back to his best. And there was no, no one I've been more pleased for to see you after those struggles coming back the way you have. And we've been speaking a little bit, haven't we, since your last fight, your first one. I said, I want to get you on Talk Sport because you deserve the opportunity to tell your story, you know, so that people, you know, can hear it. Yeah, um, I've been trying to put it out on Twitter, little bits and stuff, but it's like no one wants to hear my side of the story because they just you get GMTV getting Conor Ben's um, emotions on, and I'm like, wait, what about? Does anyone just forget about me? Do you know what I mean? I'm human too. Do you know what I mean? And what I've had to go through, I'm not sat at home with a million pound. I didn't even have ten pound for electric. We used to sit in dark because I were that we were that broke. Me and we lost his stepdaughter. We were that broke. We couldn't even put ten pound in electric. And from coming through that, it's like this boxing is. I can't be feared, can I? I'm just gonna mm-hmm. do my best for four mm-hmm. years. Give it everything. I'm at a great gym, Steel City, with Pierce Grant. We've got everyone down there. What's helping me? Um, yeah. I help out in gym and stuff. I'm like, I just want to be a better person, give back to the sport. And I think I'm getting, through doing this, being a nice person, everything's coming back nicely for me. Yeah, and I'm pleased that, you know, we've got you on tonight to tell tell your story there, mate. And now let's move on to, you know, you, your comeback, second fight as your comeback. And, mate, I was there last night. I worked on it. Um, you know, Harry Matthews, you know, expected to go a few rounds. What a performance, mate. Talk us through that. That 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 moment when you walked on to doing that walk-on, you know, with the with the lights going there. You had a big crowd in there as well. Big support, yeah. by the way, in Sheffield. A lot of support up there. What was that moment like, mate? And let's talk us through that victory. <laughs> I had a bit of pressure because I thought... I'm, uh, I know I was going to beat the kid, but I thought, I've got to do one better. I've got to beat him better than anyone else has. And then they were saying, don't rush it, don't rush it. So, but I did a bit and I got the stoppage, the demolition job and it was first round. I don't think anyone's done that to Harry. And like, I felt bad for him in a way. Liam, we wish you all the best with your comeback. What an incredible story. Um, Please stay with us as a friend of the show. We want to get you into the studio to tell your story another time. Um, Spencer's told me amazing things about you. I can't wait to meet you in person. Thank you so much for joining us tonight and congratulations on your victory last night. Thanks very much. Thank you for giving me this time. Well, finally this week, ahead of the Super Bowl, uh, Michael Bisping was doing the rounds in Radio Row in Las Vegas. I caught up with him about UFC 300 impending. Of course, we were both, myself and Michael, at UFC 100. UFC 200, he fought at UFC 100. UFC 200, we had a vigorous debate about where we were with the UFC right now. And Tom Aspinall and a fight potentially with Pereira. Could it really happen? So far, we've got the BMF title on the line. We've got got the most exciting strawway fight that we've seen. Zhang Weili defending the belt, and she's phenomenal. Charles Oliveira and Armand Sarucci. That is a ridiculous fight. Yuri Prohaska, a former champion, taking on someone that has the ability to be a champion in Alexander Rakic. Kelvin Cater, fan favourite, taking on former champion, Aljamain Sterling. Bo Nickel, one of the biggest prospects in all of the sport of mixed martial arts, taking the next logical step in the progression of his career against Cody Brundage. Two former champions, Figueredo taking on Cody Garbrandt. Holly Holm, 
who's the main event on UFC 200. I mean, the list goes on. Bobby Green, Jim Miller, throwback, fan favorite fight. I mean, what are you all complaining about? Right? Uh, no, I'm not complaining. I'm just asking, does it matter? You're having a dig. You're having a dig, and we still haven't had the main event announced yet, okay? Who's it's it going to be? Who's it going to be? love to rip and talk and tear it down and go, oh, my God, this fight card. I'll say it again. Olivera Armasarukin just engaging Max Holloway. Jan Whaley's hearing for Hashka. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's... A, it's are all pay-per-view headliners by themselves. Yeah. And Will it break the records, then? Will it break the records? Hey, I'm not a fortune teller. Okay, okay. no, we'll... we'll look. Nostradamus... Well, well, okay. well, Nostradamus Bisping. Nostradamus Bisping. Um, no, absolutely. No, like I said, I'm just mirroring what people have been saying that because I think, I think. Get an opinion of your own, Gareth. Don't go to. I've got enough. I, I've got enough opinions as it is. I don't, I don't. Every everyone's everyone's got one, if you know what I mean. Um, that look, I think people wanted to see Conor McGregor. Um, against Michael Chandler, didn't they? I think that that if they could have got that on there, it would have been fantastic because of the way it would have sold. But look, look, let me ask you a couple more things. So I know I haven't got you. Um, no, quick no, pick. It, it, it's okay, Gareth. You're absolutely right in what you say there. But the reality is that Conor McGregor can go on any card. It doesn't yeah. need to be a tricentennial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tricentennial event. It could be an any yeah. card, and that would be yeah. almost a dumping. I think the cache of UFC 300 kind of already sells itself, but they put it on a stellar card. And we get to have the main event. So, listen, we want to see McGregor versus Chandler. And I respect Conor McGregor for everything that he's achieved and the money that and the wealth that he's amassed and still choosing to fight. And against Chandler, he's got his hands full. That's a phenomenal fight for whatever reason. It's not materializing. But I'm very excited to find out who the main event's going to be. Sorry, Gareth, you were saying. No, no. All I would say is in the land of mixed martial arts, the one-eyed man is king. Let's go, brother. Okay. Um, go. Um, look, um... PFL and Bellator are having champions against each other. I know Bellator have been acquired by PFL, and that's going to happen in Saudi in a week, week or two's time. Do you think we're going to move towards champions in one of the... We've got it with Hearn and Warren in boxing at the moment. They're going to go against each other with five fighters in June. Do you think we'll get to the point, some point from now, where we will get a crossover with, say, five... PFL or Bellator champions, it'll be PFL champions against five UFC champions. Because surely that's an advancement, even if it's a one-off. Yeah, look, listen, I understand what you're saying and the progression of the sport, even though maybe one day down the line in the future. But to be honest, that would be like, it's a bargain bin champion taking on you know, the, the prestige is all on the side of the UFC, and I'm not saying that as a pro UFC guy, but mm -hmm. mm. and I'm not trying to trash the PFL or Bellator. The more organizations, the better. But in terms of name value, right, it's all on the side of the UFC. I mean, Taylor Harris. So, so MMA. M M M yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going to fight in the PFL, weren't she? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so do, do you think boxing needs it? Because it does. Boxing certainly needs it, but maybe because promoters don't, but maybe MMA doesn't because the algorithm's different, is what you're saying. Yeah, look, look, look listen, I do understand what you're saying, and it's great that in boxing we get to see this all the time. But they do have different business models, as you know, Gareth. Mm. All bravado and silliness aside, you know, they have, they have different business models right now, and in the future, who knows what will happen? You know, I'm just a lonely commentator. 
<laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know too much about the inside politics and the contractual side of things, but there, there's always going to be changes. I mean, the, the sport of mixed martial arts is still in its infancy. We're only 30 years old, for crying out loud. So, of course, yep. there will be changes in the future. Right now, that's just the landscape for the time being. I know you're a big boxing fan as well. Obviously, you, you're a formidable boxer yourself. Um, what do you make of all the criticism of Tyson Fury and all these ridiculous controversy and, and spurious stories that he cut his own eye to get out of the fight? Uh, it does happen in sparring, doesn't it? And, and it's un unfortunate, but quickly they've stepped in to make it still happen. Um, it's incredible that people thought he was deliberately pulling himself out of the fight. It's ridiculous. It really is. I've been there myself. I've put myself in training many times. And I know for a fact, when I flew out to UFC, uh, whatever it was, to fight Luke Rockhold the first time, I needed the head. I had a huge cut on my eye. But I chose to fight. And in the, in the fight, and I'm not making excuses, that cut opened straight away after pretty much the first initiation of contact. That cut opened straight away. The guys that did the right thing, people get caught. It's professional sports. You have to train hard and you have to spar hard to get ready for these kind of fights. You have to train the way that you choose to fight. And sadly, things like this happen. For anybody making these conspiracy theories, they've got nothing better. They really haven't. If they knew anything about the sport and the type of preparation that is involved, then you would know that sadly, it's a tale as old of time, part of the fun, that these things do happen. The good news is it's been rescheduled. Yeah. It's not Tyson Fury trying to get longer to prepare. All you've got to do, if anything, is overtrain. Okay, mm. so it's just it's it happens all the time. How many fights in the UFC get cancelled or postponed because of training injuries? So I don't understand why there's any controversy or any conversation. To be quite frank. Um, final one. Uh, March the eighth. You know him well. I know him myself well. Francis Ngannou. Can he give? Anthony Joshua problems? I do believe he can. I think he answered a lot of questions on, on uh, sorry, in the fight with Tyson Fury, right? Because the questions were, can he go 10, 12 rounds? Yes, he can. Can he take a shot from these boxers that have been preparing to punch since they were three or four or five years old? Yes, he can. Can he deliver with enough power to hurt these guys? Of course, Rock Tyson. Yes, he can. Uh, and I think he better did. Losing that split decision but winning the moral victory is going to give him way more confidence because there must have been a tremendous amount of doubt going into that fight against Tyson Fury. Well, now the questions have been answered, so he's going to be more confident. And confidence is a fighter's best friend. So in, in terms of conditioning and taking shots and the power and all the rest of it, they're all big ticks. Okay, the confidence is there as well. Uh, obviously, it's not an easy job. Right. Anthony Joshua is a phenomenal boxer. Last time out against Otto Valen, he looked like he was back to his old hungry self. And he's got a point to prove as well. Okay, So it's going to be a tremendous fight. But don't sleep on Francis Ngannou. I'm not going to sit here and say that he beats Anthony Joshua. That would be disrespectful. But I wouldn't be surprised. Great to hear from the great Michael Bisping, the former UFC middleweight champion, a long-standing uh, friend of mine, a friend of the show. Great stuff to hear from Michael, will you be listening to the Fight Night podcast on Talk Sport? I'm Gareth Davis. My thanks to all our guests this week and Spencer for a rollicking time in the studio. Subscribe to us, watch our YouTube channel, The Midweek Shows, with Jim White and Simon Jordan and Spencer on a Thursday, and mine with Adiola Depot Fight Night Extra on a Tuesday. We'll see you next time.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.